Newsbreak Podcast. It's been so long. Oh, we've missed you, Tanish. We've oh, missed you. Oh my gosh. I'm actually nervous. I'm actually nervous. Why? <laughs> You're back home. We've missed you. Thank you so much for coming back home. Two months. Two months. We know you're now a star being on TV <laughs> Not and even. all. Not even. What did I miss here? Uh, me, hopefully. Uh, of course, of, of course, course, Rachel. I and missed you tons. The breaking news and yeah. our listeners coming through in their numbers, being a part of the, the program like always. Yeah. Gosh, it's so good to be back. I cannot wait to talk to everybody. It's good to have you back. And people, yes, they have like, um, even though we've <laughs> had other Newsbreak producers here like Matthew and Tashlin to us. Hello, Tadesh. Oh, right. <laughs> so okay. they missed you. They missed I you. Missed we missed right you. Back. Good to have you. Good to see you, Rachel. Good to have you back yes. here in the driving seat. <laughs> so there we go. It's Newsbreak Talk today with me, Tadesh Hadi Pashad, after two months, as Rachel reminded me. Good to be back, good to talk to you about Cutting Edge Current Affairs and good to set the agenda for um, everything that's close to your heart. And on that specific point, close to your heart, today we talk about uh, a, a topic I found so interesting that I just thought I'm going to start off with this. And I think we must spend some time creating awareness about it. And that is organ donation. It's Organ Donor Month and it's a time where the country is talking about you know the mechanics of of um, donating organs that could save lives but the sad reality is that over 4000 patients need organ donation but only about 500 actually take place now the numbers there itself paint you a very very stark picture about you know the demand and the need for organ donation but you know one then wonders if only about 500 is actually taking place a year uh, does that mean organs are not available? Does that mean there's not enough on the list? And of course, you've got to look through the science of trying to get organs that actually match and, and are suitable for body types and blood types and genetic types. So it's a bit interesting. And all the while, people's lives could be saved and people could have a change in the quality of their life. And to help us put that into perspective, I really wanted to find out what is it all about? What does it mean? Why? Does it stand the um, you know great opportunity to change the way a person lives? And so I spoke to Selva Kiston. He's 61 years old from Verulam, north of Durban. And almost four years ago, he had a heart transplant. And I had a bypass. Yeah, 2004, then that was in April. And the same year, I... They checked my heart and everything after the bypass, but my heart was a bit weak. Mm. And uh, 2013, I went to the transplant waiting list because the doctor said that's that's the only option. You can't continue to keep cutting me open and inserting pacemakers. I said, fine. 2013, I went in November with all my tests. Did you at any point be scared now? They said you need to take an organ out of your body and put a new one in. Yeah, initially, when the moment the doctor mentioned, you know what, I need a transplant, I said, huh? I said, what's this? I said, no. I came home. I didn't tell anybody initially. Yeah. This was a setup. I said, no. 
I then I spoke to the wife and we said okay. Then I had uh, two. I had the transplant coordinator from uh, Tequeni Heart Center. They did an interview with us. They filled us in regards to the pros, the cons. But I was still very skeptical. I said okay. We'll, when the time comes, we'll see what happens. So on the thirtieth, no, the thirty-first of March, twenty sixteen, when they called me on my cell, I said no. But at, at this at this point now you were willing yeah willing to take the chance. I was psyched up. I said no. At least I know I'm, I'm getting a second chance. Yeah. When there there was some uh, thing uh, confusion they had at the hospital. After that I came back. The doc they phoned me from the cardiothoracic surgeon's room. They told me no, everything is in order. They, I need to stay in hospital for the prep up. Hey, the night. We start calling all my family members, my brothers, my sisters, yeah. my pastor, and then you know all the all the family members got together, and I got a little brave. What was your fear? I mean, if you could list it, what made you scared about this? You must know, I, my chest is being opened for the second time, and now the uh, initial when they did the bypass on your sternum, there's wire holding your sternum together. I'm thinking, how the hell are they gonna cut that sternum up again with the steel wires? Uh, what in case they ever, uh, you know, like a mishap and damage the entire heart or lung or whatever? So there's so many things that run through your mind. And it was about five, five and a half hours operation. Well, then I stayed in the in the ICU, surgical ICU. Quarantined, nobody could visit me. They're only the doctor, uh, the surgeon can come through, and the nurse, the allocated nurse, to be with you. You come to your senses, you know, the anesthetic wears off, the drugs wear off, and, and you yourself again. How does it feel knowing that you have another heart, so a heart that belonged to somebody else, operating in your system? What did that? Did it feel different? It did feel a little different, and I mean, knowing somebody had to die. To give me a second chance, and then no feeling for that for the uh, for the donor family, it's uh, you know it's, it's it's painful thinking. I mean, somebody lost their loved one to 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 let me survive, and uh, you know th- those thoughts also run through your mind. What that family is going through, whether they they told me it was a 45, 45 year old heart. Now they don't tell you who the the, the donor is. Nothing of that sort. So that was the emotions physically. Any change differently? Uh, I, I feel much more stronger yeah. after the transplant, and I uh, I can do you know, like initially to have a bathe and come out was was an effort. To like walk a short distance was an effort, but now I can walk. I can go to the shower, come out, mm-hmm. no problem with the breathing or you know any chest pain as such. Yeah. And then I stayed in hospital for 19 days. And uh, the cardiothoracic surgeon gave me a clean bullet of health, discharged. When I came home, then I, there was lots of adjustments. What kind of adjustments? Uh, like in terms of uh, visitation. For six months, I had nobody coming home. I had to have a mask on my face. In contra- Although I was in, in the house, put on a mask and, you know. Even if I was going outside for a short while and come back and you've got to have a mask on. How many years or even months um, after the transplant did you return to normal where you could be 
the same man that you were before you got sick? Mm, I think most probably just after about eight or nine months. I could like do things that I, I started driving. I could drive on my own. And uh, like the thing that I couldn't like really didn't want to do before. I, I was perfect. I could do anything. And uh, it, was, it was really amazing. And, and uh, you know, to get a second chance like this, it's one in a million. Yeah. It's not an everyday thing that happens. Yeah. So talk to me about that. I mean, th- that you attribute organ donation to the fact that you have a second chance at life. Mm. I mean, uh, it's, it's uh, very important for us as a community. The, uh, you know, we got a lot of, uh, I mean, there is religious backgrounds, cultural backgrounds. But I think leave that all aside. Think about the person that is in need of something. You want to take your your organs. If you pass on, your organs are just being wasted. So I ask the community today to uh, look forward. An organ donation will certainly save. Uh, they say one person can save at least seven person, uh, seven people. Your heart, your lung, your kidney, your cornea to you know, get a better sight, your liver. I mean, those things just want to go for waste. If you, if you become an organ donor and should somebody need those things, it's easy available. And make sure your family knows about your willingness to be an organ donor. That is very, very important. Wasn't that a fascinating story there? That was Silva Kisten, 61 years old from very north of Durban. Almost four years now since he had a heart transplant. And, you know, I, I can say this because I've seen him and I've, 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 spoken with him, walked about with him, seems to be living his best life day. He told me previously taking a bath was such a physical challenge. He couldn't do it on his own. And now the gentleman is about walking and, 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 you know, going about daily activities that I think many take for granted. So I think this is the face then of organ donation. It's about um, the impact you could make um, to save somebody else's life, to change their circumstance, by donating an organ and um, various reasons that um, you know come to mind as to why people do not uh, go about donating as much as you know one should. We're going to talk about the statistics about it. Even um, what we understand at this stage about over four thousand patients need organ donation, but only about five hundred actually take place. So when we come back, we speak to the experts and we find out more about organ donation. If all the world's a stage, then. You own it. From the mines of Horizon Deep to the underworld of Mexico streets, you are in charge. You see behind the closed doors of the White House and enter the mind of the criminal because this is your stage. Own all the drama with Isidengo weekdays at 7. House of Cards Mondays and Tuesdays at 9.30. NCIS Wednesdays at 9.30. And El Chapo Thursdays at 9.30. Only on SABC3. The stage is yours. Own it. Get over to Top Tea Springfield and take advantage of our great specials on ceramic tiles from 59 rands 90 and porcelain tiles from 109 rands 90 per square meter. PVC ceiling starts from 59 rands 90 each. Tough PVA paint at a very low price of 239 rands 90 for a 25 liter bucket. For these great specials and more, visit Top Tea Springfield at 41B Intersight Avenue. Top Tea, your home finishing destination.
Quarter past one on Newsbreak Talk with me, Tarish, and let's say a very warm welcome to Cindy Goldie. She's organ don- donor coordinator, f- uh, specifically working at Busam at, at Gateway, at Gateway Hospital there. And uh, I also understand very much involved in the Organ Donor Foundation of South Africa. Cindy, thanks for your time. Uh, thanks for the invite. We, we really appreciate any opportunity to spread awareness regarding organ donation. And I think uh, I think because it's such an interesting conversation to have, um, we all ears. Well, as you roughly said, there, there's more than four thousand people waiting for what's called a solid organ um, transplant, in order to uh, save their lives. But there's also thousands waiting for tissue donations to improve the quality of their life. For example, here in KZN, there's over nine hundred needing a corneal transplant. Um, and most of them can only get one at a time. So there might be 900 people needing corneas, but they need two. I think the um, the interesting part of it, um, and the problem rather, is that only around, I think at last count maybe, only around 0.2% of South Africans have actually registered to donate organs. What does that do then to the situation? There's mixed feelings about it. There's quite a lot of organizations out there at the moment that are trying to help us create awareness. The Organ Donor Foundation promotes registering with a database where you carry your organ donor card, you have stickers for your ID book or your driver's license. But there's others out there that just advocate, have the conversation. Have the conversation with your family because... At the time, they would be approached to sign consent. So in this this country, we have an opt-in system. So what that means is you are asked to donate, and then you will choose whether you want to donate. Many countries are switching to opt-out, where everybody's considered a donor unless they specify they don't want to be. Maybe then the reasonings, your understanding, working in the sector. Of course, each one's choice is personal. Each one will decide whether or not they'd want to do this or not. Each family as well. Um, but from working in the sector, working, you know, in terms of trying to get registries going, what are the reasons why many choose not to be a part of organ donation? Uh, like I said, may- maybe they haven't had the conversation and they don't know their loved one's wishes. But Honestly, in my experience, when dealing with a family that's faced with this catastrophic news that their their loved one is not going to survive because we have a a donor who has sustained an injury to their head and is being kept alive on life support and has a very specific injury to the brain, the family are then approached as to what their loved one's wishes are. Now, if they haven't had that conversation, they'll often go on what their loved one would have wanted or how they lived their lives. So it's whether they they carry the card or not, it doesn't make too much of a difference, but it does ease the family member's conscience when they know it was your expressed wish and you signed it on a card which you loyally carried in your, in your purse or in your bag and have had it for years. Mm. And so, you know, say say the process continues and you, be, you register as an organ um, donor and it's, it's, it's time. How does it work? Who, how is it decided who gets an organ? So it just depends on what organ it is or what tissue it is. For example, corneas, 
uh, corneas don't really have a blood supply, so there's no need to match them um, per se. Or they don't even need to look at the blood group. Um, hearts, lungs, livers are matched by blood group and size. But in saying that, our, our um, team up in Johannesburg, especially when it comes to livers, is so advanced they don't even do blood group matching anymore. They will do what's called an ABO, incompatible transplant. Um, and then kidneys are tissue typed, whereas we don't do that for the other organs. Mm. So it just depends. Yeah. Uh, I always like to say the donor chooses the recipient because we never know who's going to match. I deal with hearts and lungs, and I tell my patients, we need to find somebody that matches you where the engine will fit in the chassis yeah, yeah. because a mini can't fit in a truck and a truck can't fit right. in a mini. Yeah. I want to talk about that science, you know, what fits, how does sure. it fit, how do you determine that? I think it's really cool to know this. But, you know, I asked that question that I asked just now because a lot of people say, uh, I'm on a list, I need an organ, and I'm not getting it. It's such a long wait. And uh, why is this person getting it? And I'm not. I'm sicker. Uh, you know, my kidney's functioning at 2%. Her kidney's functioning at 3%. Why is she getting preferential treatment almost? How do you, you know, bypass that, get through that and keep it transparent? Well, again, uh, when it comes to kidney specifically, they're the only organ that's tissue matched. So really, it's, it's down to what the donor has. We don't know that. We can't guess that. That'll come back in the science. Whereas the other organs do go on who is sicker. Say, for example, a heart patient, they're in ICU on drugs that are supporting their heart versus somebody who's also on the list, same size, but able to still maybe work half a day or is at home, hasn't had many hospital admissions. The one who's in hospital will get it first. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's a really, um, I mean, you, you just got to think, you know, you're looking at papers and it actually means somebody's life, you know. No, you can live for five more days. So, you know, we'll give it to somebody who's actually in ICU right, right now. I mean, it must be challenging to make those calls. It is challenging. And, and you have to look at the outcome and what's best for the patient and what's best for a uh, match for the donor. For example, if somebody's older on the list, uh, we recently transplanted a gentleman that was 73 years old. And we wouldn't normally transplant somebody that old, yeah. but he was not like a normal 73-year-old. Yeah. And um, he's nine months since his transplant now, and he's about to reopen his business. Yeah. Um, and he had to wait at the back of the queue. He had to wait for a heart that nobody else was going to use. Yeah. Fortunately for him, it was a 44-year-old female. But um, his life is back to normal, yeah. in fact, better than normal. Yeah. Well, two more points, two more questions before we go to the phone lines. And I would love to know your thoughts on this. You know, um, can I hear from you in a short while? Um, back to the aspect of reluctance. I mean, 0.2% at last count of, of um, registered organ donors in South Africa. Um, and you cited, you know, many reasons as to why this is happening. Um, how then do you change it? What conversation should be should be had now to change the perception about organ donation. I'm glad you asked that because the one sure thing is sadly we will pass on. We'll have the the thought I should have a funeral plan or we might discuss I want my ashes scattered here or there's a family plot depending on your religion depending on your culture. Um, why don't we talk about our, our organs? Now you... Everybody can be considered a donor for tissue. That's corneas, skin, bone, and heart valves. Those come from a donor whose heart has stopped. So they've died, whether it be in hospital, at home, at the roadside. 
the solid organs, the hearts, lungs, liver, kidneys, pancreas, comes from the heart beating donor that I spoke of being in an ICU on life support with that brain stem death. In fact, you can even be a living donor. Many people are. They yeah. donate blood. Yeah. People go into a bone marrow registry. And we've got a project on the go at the moment. If you're coming for a hip replacement, you're going to be asked, will you donate the head of your your hip that's going to be cut off? And I like to say, uh, donate it, don't cremate it, because we, we're going to throw it in the medical waste. So please don't do that. <laughs> please sign it over. It goes off to the bone bank to be recycled, because you never know. You might need a bone fusion if you're having your neck done, your back done, yeah, any yeah. procedure. Leading into that question then is the one about, um, and, and we spoke to uh, Selva about it. He explained it. Help us reiterate then for us the change in a person's life. I mean, a person whose heart is not working properly and you donate your heart and that person can watch the birth of their grandchild like you were telling me with, with Selva's case. Oh, absolutely. Their life is changed. Uh, they have medium, uh, short, medium and long-term goals. Their short-term goal is to survive till transplant. Medium term is to survive through transplant and then their long-term goals, whether they're going overseas on holidays, whether they're watching their children graduate, um, grand birth of grandchildren, you just can't beat that. Yeah. It's always my honor. Um, I went to a 21st birthday the other day of one of my patients. Um, Umesh, it was his daughter's 21st. And it's, it's just such a special treat because they wouldn't be there. They, yeah, it's simple. Yeah. They just they would wouldn't not have been, been there. there. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's a fascinating one. And I look forward to hearing from you now. 089-310-8789. Give us a call. We're talking about organ donation, uh, organ donor month. And we're talking about why South Africans are reluctant to do it. And I'd love to know your thoughts. You know, are you an organ donor? Would you ever consider it? Have you ever considered it? Um, some cultural reasons, religious reasons, many have cited as well as to why one chooses against it. Um, I'd love to know your thoughts first before we take any of that narrative forward. So, yes, 089-310-8789. Choosing a university is a massive decision. That's why we at the Durban University of Technology make it our business to offer you a world-class student-centered education. Applications are now open via the Central Applications Office, so please go to our website, dut.ac.za, for more details. Remember, the application closing dates vary, so please apply today. Visit dut.ac.za and then click on How Do I Apply? DUT. Learn. Think. Do. Join Afternoon Express Monday to Friday at 5pm right here on SABC3 for the best of the best in lifestyle entertainment. It's an hour of inspirational stories, meaningful conversations, beauty, fashion and a whole lot of good food. Plus South Africa's hottest celebs, TV stars and live performances from up-and-coming artists to legends of the industry. It's Afternoon Express weekdays at 5pm on SABC3. The views and opinions expressed on Newsbreak Talk do not represent those of SABC News or Lotus FM. Okay, so it's Newsbreak Talk. I'm Tadesh. Looking forward to hearing from you now. We're going to go to our phone lines and we're talking about organ donation. Let's go to Charmaine. Hello, Charmaine. Hi, Charmaine. Hello. Hi. Okay, let's go to Selvin. Hi, Selvin. Hello? Okay, I'm battling to hear anybody right now. Um, 
News break. Hello. 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 Hi. Who is this? Yes, Mr. Roy. Hi, Mr. Roy. How are you? Fine, thank you, Tarish. And how are you? Well, thanks. Good to speak welcome, to you. Welcome, welcome. We missed you. <laughs> I missed you too. <laughs> um, on this topic that what you are talking about, yeah. organ don- don, I think it's a very, very good topic. Mm. Uh, my husband and myself. My husband is a patient that went for a triple heart bypass. Yeah. He went for a major spine operation, yeah. and we have made up our minds. Uh, it's about seven years that he went for this, but yeah. both of us have made up our mind. We went to our doctor, we filled up the forms, and we are definitely upon our death. Whether we don't know how we're going to die, but yeah. our organs we are going to donate definitely. And what what you know feeling does that give you? How do you feel knowing that you are going to do that? I feel so good. I feel so happy that uh, at least maybe. Uh, I mean, uh, when death comes, we don't know. Maybe my eye, or maybe my something, maybe that is needed. It could have been. It could save another person's life. So I feel very good. I don't feel anything uh, bad about it. It's something that I'm yeah, very. Yeah. I'm, I feel so proud. I would oh, say. Amazing to hear. Thanks, Ms. Roy. Appreciate your call. Thanks so much for the awareness. Uh, Scully on the line. Hello, Scully. Uh, hello to you, Teresh, and hello to your guest, man. You know, my heart goes out to her yeah. for doing this, what she's doing, humanity. Um, Teresh, welcome back. That was my first point. You know, we really missed you. Miss, <laughs> welcome miss back. You know, hey, I really missed you, man. <laughs> uh, I just want to know, man, it, the age restriction for, for donation. Yeah, I listen on the radio. Sure, okay. Well, Thank you. Good show. Welcome right. back. You came with a good. You came like with life, <laughs> life support, giving whatever. Thank oh, you. That's a nice, that's a nice way to say it, Scully. Nice, nice, nice touch. <laughs> Selvin on the line. Hello, Selvin. That is firstly welcome back. They say you can paint a Ferrari any color you like as long as it's red. Newsbreak <laughs> can have anyone there as long as it's Tarish. We miss you. Would you respect the others? But we're proud of you. Tarish, you there? Yes, I'm listening to you, Selvin. Yes. Tarish, uh, firstly, we're proud of you. We know you're going on to TV. Thanks so Tarish, much. Yeah, you're a superstar. Let me start off by saying, on a lighter note also, uh, I'm very happy with uh, Scully. Right, and your guests. What I'm saying is, three points I'm going to raise. One is, the transplant and the donors, okay, fine. But the surgeons carrying out these transplants, that's very important. And I'm not being considered. I'm very proud of my nephew, Dr. Rajaratnam, and his father, Dr. Rajaratnam. They have been so successful with transplants. But the point I want to raise today as a medical aid advisor, when they get in there, it's going to cost a lot of money. They can have the transplant, but you've got to have the funds. With a new NHI system coming in, who will fund that heart, that donor, that organ? So these are the points I'm raising. As much as the donors are there, the funds need to be available. So people must be careful not to forget about things like gap cover and keeping funds for medical aid. And as the other person said, you don't get a chance to get treated before the other person, depending on the severity level. So these are the points I just want to raise. But once yet again, Newsbreak is revived. Tarish is back. Keep up the good work. I'm going to listen to the others. Thanks, Tarish. Thanks, I appreciate uh, your call. Good point there on the cost of it. So we're talking here about it, about you know, changing and literally saving somebody's life, but at what cost, literally. So we're going to talk about that as well. Miss Pele on the line. Hello, Miss Pele. Hi, Tarish. Welcome back. Thank you. Okay, 
Sabit, uh, I just want to bring two points to you. Uh, what age can a person donate? And if a person is addicted to certain substances, you know, like drugs or alcohol, yeah, yeah. etc., can they still donate? Sure, perfect. I'm going to put all of that through to Cindy. We'll talk about it. Okay, I'll Thanks. listen. I'm ready. No problem. Thank Thanks for the question. Yeah. Let's go to Charmaine uh, on the line. Hello, Charmaine. Hello, Suresh. My name is Charmaine Ramasar. Mm-hmm. I've got a daughter that's on the waiting list for a, a, a kidney. But prior to that, uh, I gave her a kidney, and after 11 years, the kidney rejected. She's been on the waiting list now for six years because of a blood group. She's AB positive. It's a universal blood group. No, no, no. I'm listening to you. I'm, I'm just listening to you. Oh, Charmaine, I call me back. Call me back, Charmaine. I was listening to you so intently and taking down notes just so I didn't get any part of it wrong. Um, please call me back, Charmaine. You have to complete that story. Um, we'd have to, we definitely want to hear and try and give you advice on it as well. Let's go to Salim while we wait for Charmaine. Hello, Salim. Uh, good afternoon, Telesh. Welcome back. Great to have you back. But, you know, I, I think we feel really good that you're back. But I think we must give credit to those who are in for you, they've done a superb job. They did an amazing job, yes. I listened to yes. it all. So, as you see, the thing is that, you know, you come to this organ donation, right now, you know, it's becoming such a big business overseas. People are killed for the organs. People are paying a big price, a phenomenal price to, to buy organs. So, you know, I think end of the day, it, it, it is something that, uh, that, you know, it's it's something that you must plan ourselves. It, you know, young people, you know, they must become aware of this thing and say, listen, in the event of something happening to them, you know, prematurely, then, you know, I'm prepared to give someone a chance to use my organs. Often when the organs can be used, uh, people haven't given consent and then as a result, you know, the organs cannot be used. So, you know, I think we must plan ourselves and think about the future, giving someone else a chance and giving someone the opportunity to live longer it's a great thing and uh, I think there must be more education on the topic there must be more discussion and people must be more prepared to you know offer if, if, if they know that it can yeah, come to good yeah, use yeah wonderful Salim thanks so much good to talk to you after a long time appreciate your contribution again I'm going to say Charmaine please call back you were on and we'd love to you to co- we'd love uh, you to complete your story if you could please call us back we'd really appreciate it let's go to Rajendra on the line hello Rajendra Hello, Suresh. How are you? Well, thanks. Yes, I want to find out, uh, is it possible for people with a mental illness to become organ donors? Perfect. That's a good good question. We're going to speak to um, to our guest, Cindy Goldie, about it. Thank you. All right. Thank you very much. All right, Rajendra. Let's go to Mr. Louis Pillay now. Hello, Mr. Pillay. Hey, loyal listener of Lotus FM. Isn't How that is? so? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the last the last person did speak about donation, uh, donor donation. Uh, maybe, you know, if some callers mentioned the donation of uh, donors, what age group, and also the collector of what age group as well. Because I had a problem with my kidney. And to say it on air, both the kidneys died. And I was in intensive care for over a month and thinking of where I'm going to get a donor from. But it so happened within a few minutes that both kidneys started working again. 
And within about three days, it walked 21%, five days, 31 and thereafter, it walked 51%. Then I knew I was safe. It is important for people to actually donate. And when they pass away, they will probably have a very good heart, kidney, or lung that they can donate. And I think by the saying what age group they can donate and what age group they can receive the donor. I think that's most important today. Wonderful. Appreciate it. I did did miss you for for a long time. (laughs) Good to talk to you. Okay, great. So we have a lot of questions to get through. We also want to now shift focus just a slight. And before I get your questions answered, I am going to definitely get all of them answered. But before we talk about that, I also want to touch on um, body donation. There's a difference now. Body donation is if um, you pass away and then your wish is to donate your body to science so that science can research so that the medical students um, you know actually have research matter so that's also an interesting point and we also we're going to try and talk about that in a short while but yeah so um lots lots to start with this and yeah i think it's firstly very heartening to hear the amount of interest and awareness already existing about organ donors i mean we've had callers who said yes i've registered uh followed on from my husband having a bypass and we realized what if i was in a situation where i would need an organ and therefore i must try and save and 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 a lot of questions also so a lot of questions here on whatsapp as well let's start with the one that seems to be dominating the topic here at what age can i donate that is a good question and in fact we take each donor on their own merit. It also depends what the need is out there. Uh, there was a case a little while ago where a youngster had damaged his cornea um, whilst playing with his brother. He lacerated with a stick. So he became urgent because if they couldn't replace the cornea, they would need to uh, nucleate the eye. That means to remove the eye because it wouldn't have been salvageable. So at the time, the only um, recent deceased, because there is a time frame after uh, the heartbeat stops in which we can uh, procure a cornea, uh, there was an 88-year-old. So they approached the the family, they agreed to organ donation, and this youngster got the 88-year-old cornea. Yeah. A um, couple of years later, and the yeah. cornea is still standing him in good stead. Yeah. And they've made the decision to leave it until it fails. Yeah. If it fails. And there's no reason why it can't last him his lifetime. Yeah. yeah. So it just depends on the situation. We would take each person on their merit. Yeah. So there's. So are you then saying that there's no age limit? No. We'd rather look at and, and evaluate each and every donor. Say, for example, it's an older donor. We might match it up with an older patient. And kidney, for example, we would give the recipient two instead of yeah. the normal one. Yeah. Um, mental illness? Mental illness, it's actually a very good question. Mm -hmm. It depends on the nature, again, of the mental illness, the capacity of the person, um, their guardian. And then if all else fails, we would look to the courts and or the Director General of Health to Mm. to intervene. Yeah, because you also have the um, thing there of verifying if the person who is making the um, application to donate made it in sound mental frame. Absolutely. You know, apart from the organs being functional. And again, every case would, would need to be handled on its merit. I think one of the strongest messages I want to get through today is giving us access to those families. Mm. It's your right to choose. Don't deny me my right to choose. Rather Mm. offer me 
then we find out later when I'm clearing up my loved one's um, um, documentation that they wanted to be an organ donor yeah. and we've missed the opportunity. Missed the opportunity. Unfortunately, with corneas, we've only got 12 hours yeah. after the heart has stopped yeah. in order to procure them and get them into a preservation solution. So there is a time, yeah. time restriction. Other organs, like a no, heart not so bad. A... So corneas is 12 hours. Mm. Skin, bone and heart valves is between 24 and 48 hours yeah. after death. Mm-hmm. The solid organs, we need the heart beating. So they're in ICU have been declared brain stem dead and the family are then approached to their loved one's end of life wishes. Did you want to, did you have a living will? Had you signed an organ donor card? Had you uh, expressed a wish to be an organ donor? Or did they merely want to withdraw treatment um, from from that person? Uh, Interestingly enough, when they do brain stem death testing, when the second test is done, that is the date and time of death. Even if the heart stops the next day, the day of the test is the, the, the date and time of death. So the family are asked, what would they like to yeah. do with their loved one's remains? Yeah. Let me go through some more questions here before I go to WhatsApp. Um, waiting list. And so we had uh, Charmaine who called us and I think she thought she was cut off, but she was actually on air. Um, you know, she said what she was talking about um this was interesting. She donated a kidney to her child. It was rejected after 11 years mm. by the body. How kidneys, again, it's so different with the different organs. How kidneys work in our country is the kidneys stay in the province that they're procured. So if we're not getting the donors that we need in our province, we're not going to get, they're referred to as cadaver kidneys. So we look to family members to donate. And that's not always a good thing, although the statistics say out there yeah. that donors live longer than yeah. than um, anybody else. And I think it's because they have excellent medical follow-up. Yeah. They're well-watched. Yeah. They're more conscious of their blood pressure and their blood sugar and their cholesterol. And they go to a doctor once a year to have a follow-up. But at the end of the day, cadaver kidneys, we'd be doing so much better in our province if those patients out there that sustain brainstem death that we're asked to come in and chat with the families about organ donation. It would uh, alleviate the burden on that waiting list and the burden on the living communities to, to supply kidneys. So kidneys are a tough one, and they're a tough one in KZN because we, we don't have great cadaver donor yeah. numbers. Let's then, uh, okay, before I ask you this, let me then find out. So you talk about a heart and you say it must be beating. Yes. With regard to a kidney, is there like a... You could do it, you know, what's the time, what is the window period with a kidney? No, so if we have a, if we have a, a, a heart-beating donor, so a donor who sustained a brainstem injury, they're taken to theatre and in a dignified and uh, um, stepwise um, system, we remove the organs. They normally start with the liver, uh, the kidney pancreas, then heart and lungs last. So the heart remains beating up until the end. The organs are flushed with preservation solution and the heart is stopped with a drug where it literally beats, stops, and then is removed. From that process, we've got, um, we work on four to six hours with the heart and lungs. There's eight hours for the liver. There can be up to 24 hours for the kidney. They don't like to leave them that long. Yeah. Um, 12 is kind of the the cutoff. Yeah. Yeah. 
but they've got 12 hours on us before they're connect, reconnected and reperfused with the recipient's blood. Wow. Interesting points there. Um, so you mentioned that, but my actual question was, what happens if the body rejects the organ? I mean, we've had Charmaine, she started telling us her, she started telling us her story and she goes, um, the kidney is being rejected. And what happens if any organ is being rejected by the body? It's it's our biggest challenge with transplant. Um, kidney patients, they can go back on dialysis. Um, liver, heart and lungs, not so lucky. Um, if the heart rejects, there is a 1% chance of it rejecting on the table. Unfortunately, there's nothing that can be done. The old heart can't be put back in. We actually um, cut a section off the old heart and the new heart is attached to that. So they end up with a heart and a quarter. We don't take their whole um, heart out. So um, we actually destroy the heart when we remove the old one. So it, it can't be put back in. Interesting points coming through here. We're talking about organ donor and um, a lot of questions as well on WhatsApp. We are going to go through it now and try and get you a bit more uh, information about it. We love having the information sessions here. Cindy Goldie is joining us. She's an organ donor coordinator. Let's go to Rajan Rajkumar in Cape Town. There has to be a lot of education and advocacy on organ and tissue donor. While I respect one's religious beliefs and opinions on organ donor, um, what can be a better gift uh, what can be a better gift than the gift of life? Let's register now and become donors so that our organs and tissue will not be wasted in our death. Um, interesting point there from Mr. Rajan Rajkumar in Cape Town. Captain Sealand says, please ask uh, people concerned, how much do they sell the donated organs for? <laughs> it's an altruistic gift. Uh, there's, there's no um, um, price. And in fact... Recipients don't pay for the organs at all. Yeah. The receiving hospitals pay for the organs. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't come out of yeah. um, their funds. Selvin raised the issue of cost. Mm. How much is it likely going to cost to you know to pay you know uh, for the procedure itself? Could you put a cost to it? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, uh, for me, I'm a heart and lung transplant coordinator, so um, the cost of a heart transplant uh, is roughly the same as a bypass. So. Between three hundred and fifty to five hundred and fifty thousand, yeah. and then the biggest expense comes in with regards to the medication after post treatment. So a good medical aid, and we get pre authorization from them to make sure that there's a commitment to the medication. Interestingly enough, though, with dialysis, it's cheaper to transplant a patient than to keep them on dialysis. Yeah. Dialysis yeah. is expensive. Right. And of course, you know, one would then have to go through the nitty gritty of would, you know, what does my plan say, my medical aid plan say about organ trans, uh, donation and transplant. And that just becomes the onus up to you then as a patient to to know what you covered for. Uh, Fozi Kasim says, my niece is 22 years old and has been suffering with kidney failure from the age of 17. At the moment, her kidneys are working at only 3%. I request that if there's anyone out there, um, please donate become an organ donor to save my niece. So there we go. This is the plight of many, you know, the, the call out there to uh, try and save lives and and get onto the list, I think. Good afternoon, Tadesh Rachel and the Newsbreak team. Um, 
What an inspirational story coming from your guest. It brought tears to my eye. I guess the fear is the biggest factor of organ donation and the heartbreak of the loved ones, organ uh, giving life to another person. Come to think of it, organ donation could save many lives, but there's also cultural reasons for organ donation. Thank you. God bless. Renee Pillay from Arena Park. I think that's in Chatsworth. Um, yeah, we did, we did particularly want to find out about um, the cultural aspect of it as well. Um, hi there. I have an organ donor sticker my ID book but I'm not registered how do I go about doing that also I want to know if I have uh, if you have the new ID smart card what happens to the sticker very very nicely thought there we've got plenty of stuff (laughs) don't be scared to ask for stickers Um, I'm I'm also going to use this platform to encourage people to look on social media there's quite a few organizations raising awareness there's a chap called Spinnacle that's doing a, a whole lot yeah. to create tissue awareness. Yeah. There's a there's a um, Facebook and website called Hero Seven Seven Seven. His stories are awesome, across all cultures, across all groups. Yeah. Um, youngster received heart and lungs transplant. His name is Matthew. You can uh, register through a link on his site. Please go and have a look. I support them a lot because they do a lot for me. Yeah. There's an organisation in Johannesburg called Tell. It's tell your loved yeah, ones. There's so many organizations. Absolutely. Just so, do yeah. some, and do we'll, some surfing. And we'll talk about just you know, getting onto the list. But here's an interesting one. It's opening up a new side to the conversation now, but I'm going to have to ask it. Uh, Gita Singh, I'd love to donate, but I'm wondering about the afterlife, the spirit world, whether it would have an effect on my next life. That's, that's an interesting uh, one. I'm going to come back to WhatsApp uh, in a short while. We'll leave it there. But I want to go to Professor Vauda very quickly because I did want to check in with him about something and this is uh, Professor Hussein Vauda. He's from the School of Medicine and the Director of the Body Donor Foundation of South Africa. Thanks for your time today Professor Hussein. Hello, greetings. Uh, good afternoon to you. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you loud and clear, Professor right. Vada. And Great. of course, you're talking there about the donation of, of the body, which means, you know, an actual um, body for science uh, purposes. That's also been on the decline, hasn't it? Yes, that's absolutely right. So I'm glad you, you brought this topic up. And uh, I think it's important for the listeners to understand the two basic differences here. Organ donation is actually... Uh, restricted to to individuals who are younger than 60. Total body donation, which is, of course, when the person demises, is normally uh, done in a person over the age of 60. So there's a slight difference there in terms of age. In other words, if one is over 60, then the organs yeah. are too old to be transplanted, uh, and therefore that's really not a good idea, with one or two exceptions, like the cornea, you know. Yeah. But uh, all that is on decline. And there are various reasons for that. Firstly, it's a, uh, one is kind of precluded by uh, religious uh, norms and religious uh, dictates uh, for body donation and organ, organ donation because basically what it means is that your body has been, uh, a part of your body has been uh, removed and given to somebody else or your whole body has been donated and therefore in terms of your religious beliefs, uh, the body cannot be cremated or the body cannot be interred. And that, again, it's, it's in conflict with the religion. So that's one of the reasons. The other reason is that uh, people become extremely anxious and apprehensive about the concept of death and dying. Yeah. And they feel that, look, it's not a good idea to talk about it now. But yeah. interestingly, people who have expressed an interest in donating their whole body now, 
they, our statistics show that they live longer after they, <laughs> they fill in the form or register. It's for almost, it's almost like the body saying, no, I don't want to go into a laboratory. <laughs> That's Pro- right. Professor Vauda, uh, I think our time is running out here, but a very another very quick one, and the risk about the risk for science. If there are no longer bodies donated for science for research, you know, after bodies uh, after people pass away uh, over the age of sixty, um, you know, what threat does that have for science? This would for- have a, yeah, this would have a great social impact in terms of medical training. Now, tell me, any listener out there? would take his or her car to a person who's not been trained in terms of uh, service working on a proper engine. So here what we're talking about is that you don't have bodies, you're training doctors or healthcare professionals who are trained on computer graphics, on charts, on models, or simulated models, and they don't have the actual hands-on experience of working on a body. How would you feel about that? Yeah, yeah. So although our religion might preclude it, our social norms might preclude it, or exclude you from donating your body, I think we should bear that in mind. Mm. Uh, and I think in consultation with the religious leaders, one should really be cognizant of the fact that it's going to have an impact on the, on the standard, the level of competency, standard of training in the future doctors that we produce. Wonderful. Professor Hussein Vada, School of Medicine and the Director of the Body Donor Foundation of South Africa. Uh, thank you so much for, for sparing the time and I look forward to having you in studio soon. Thank you very much. You appeal to people to consider body donation genuinely. Thank you. Thanks, Professor Valda. There you go. Interesting points coming through. Uh, I'm going to go quickly then to more WhatsApp questions. Who decides when to pull the plug on an organ donor? Will the corruption, uh, with all the corruption that we hear about it, how safe is it to be an organ donor? That's one thing to consider, isn't it, Cindy? Because the, uh, of course, you know, you do it from a legislative um, process with with documentation and 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 a complete transparency. But the black market does exist. It does. I certainly hope it doesn't exist in South Africa. I haven't heard of it. You know, we have had kidney gate and we all survived kidney gate. And it's been to our our benefit because it's improved the quality of our legislation around organ donation. Um, We don't pull the plug on organ donors. So don't worry about that one. We have to take them to theater with a beating heart. Testing is is precise and we'll repeat it as often as possible. And... um, we actually work harder on you to keep you going in the sense that when the brain stem has died, the, the body doesn't, con- the brain doesn't control the body anymore. Yeah. And we actually have to do it manually. We work very hard to keep organ donors going. Um, so yeah, no, we don't pull the plug on organ yeah, donors. Yeah. Text here from Viren Rajdeo in Shell Cross. Um, yes. Good to hear from you, uh, Viren. First question, how long can a, don- uh, a donor organ be preserved until it gets a collapse? I think we did discuss that, yeah. And secondly, how is the donor organ preserved? Okay, they preserve it with a, a, a special solution. There's different solutions for the different organs. And it is flushed through the organs um, nowadays with a with a heart-lung machine, actually. Mm. The, there's a roller pump that they push the solution through the organs and it flushes the blood out and flushes the preservation solution into it. Yeah. And then the organs are put into a bag filled with the solution for yeah, transport. Yeah. Shamila and Joburg, is organ transplant free in government hospitals? Yes, it is. But there is a quota um, due to restricted um, access to funds for these. There's so many they can do in a year. Yeah. Um, 
So there, there is a limit on it. Yeah. Um, yes, we did speak about NHI and the impact on the cost of it, Sylvan. Uh, lots coming through here today. Let's try and get through it all. Um, good afternoon. I've registered online as per advice from the foundation. Is this good enough, Zakira and Joburg? It is in the sense that um, your family will know your wishes. There is a card that helps them sign. They would have to sign at the time. And it eases, eases their conscience about making that decision. We've relieved them of the stress of that. Um, my biggest thing is access. Yeah. Access, access. My, my, my plea is to the, the, my colleagues out there, please don't be scared to refer a death, to refer a brainstem death. Mm. If we don't have access to these patients, yeah. then we can't ask the families yeah, and yeah. Their, their choices and their consent is lost. Absolutely. On that note, then, a text here. Please let us know how we could get a sticker for organ donation to affix to our ID document. So, again, I spoke about the social media sites. You can ask any of them. Mm-hmm. They have them, organ donor stands. Or just um, go online onto the Organ Donor Foundation. They'll, they'll post you some more. Yeah. Um, they are around. Yeah. We, if you're at Gateway, stop by. I've mm. got a whole stack in my office. Yeah. Mrs. Khan says, very informative show. A couple of years ago, we had a new St. Augustine Hospital being implicated in organ trafficking. After this news, we were not updated. Can guest speaker update us on this matter? I don't think. Well, um, a fine was paid, um, an admission of guilt. It was dealt with. New legislation was put in place. Um Nowadays, Department of Health and there's a special committee that helps with the kidney patients um, with regards to if you're not a blood relative, if you're a husband and wife or friends or um, somebody wanting to give up your kidney, yeah. it has to go through a panel um, of, yeah. on the Department of Health who will who will give the okay to go ahead. Um, the police are also involved. They'll monitor your yeah, bank account yeah. and things like that. They've sure. gotten, gotten a yeah. lot stricter about it. Cindy, this one, I, I think it's more your language, man. It's from Niresh. CK, CKD stage 5 without dialysis. How long can a person live with that? And also, um, does it make it difficult to excrete? So it's chronic kidney disease. No, it's yeah. not my area of speciality. I'm yeah. hearts and lungs. Okay. Um, my colleagues will laugh at me because they know I'm, kidneys are not my favorite. <laughs> Give me a heart and lungs and I'm fine. I, I, I'm not sure. Speak to your specialist. Okay. Well, that then means we need to talk about uh, kidneys. Then, Niresh, we'll definitely try and get you a show on that to keep you informed there. Um, yeah, I think that's about it then in terms of our WhatsApp list. I hope I've gone through it all. And if I've not, I do apologize. It was so much that came through there. But I think ultimately, as you leave us, then uh, clearly some interest and a lot of awareness being created. It is your choice, though. It's up to you to decide what to do or not, isn't it? Absolutely it is. It's your personal choice. Make that choice. Talk to your family about it. And our colleagues out there, don't deny them their choice. It's their right to choose. Yeah. Well, wonderful. And we really thank you for your time. That was Cindy Goldie, organ donor coordinator. And we look forward to keeping the conversation going with you. So here we go. We'll have to leave it there. Thank you so much to everybody who sent a text or a call saying, welcome back. It's great to be back. I really appreciate all the texts that you've sent. The broadcast came away courtesy of the team, executive producer Salma Patel and Rachel Vadi. The team's going to be keeping you updated with more. And from me, Taresh, hey, have an awesome day. If all the world's a stage, then you own it. From the minds of Horizon Deep, to the underworld of Mexico streets. You are in charge.
You see behind the closed doors of the White House and into the mind of the criminal because this is your stage. Own all the drama with Isidengo weekdays at 7. House of Cards Mondays and Tuesdays at 9.30. NCIS Wednesdays at 9.30. And El Chapo Thursdays at 9.30. Only on SABC3. The stage is yours. Own it.